Welcome to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Watts. If you want to change your drinking habits and create a peaceful relationship with alcohol, you're in the right place. This podcast explores the strategies I use to overcome a lifetime of family alcohol abuse, more than 30 years of anxiety and worry about my own drinking, and what felt like an unbreakable daily drinking habit. Becoming an alcohol minimalist means removing excess alcohol from your life so it doesn't remove you from life. It means being able to take alcohol or leave it without feeling deprived. It means to live peacefully, being able to enjoy a glass of wine without feeling guilty and without needing to finish the bottle. With science on our side, we'll shatter your past patterns and eliminate your excuses. Changing your relationship with alcohol is possible. I'm here to help you do it. Let's start now. Well, hello and welcome or welcome back to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast with me, your host, Molly Watts, coming to you from, well, my friends, it is still a glorious Oregon right now. It is absolutely stunning. I was just commenting to someone yesterday that since I returned from Hawaii, and for those of you that are new around here, I went to Hawaii back at the end of April for just a short visit for like five days to Maui. And that really came because honestly, we were, <laughs> my my husband and I were so done with the rain here in the Pacific Northwest. It was a really wet late winter, early spring, and it was just on, never stopped. It was really unpleasant, really, really hard for, for many Oregonians, not just me. And then since then, though, since we've returned, honestly, last six weeks have been really pretty amazing. So if it could just be like this around Oregon all the time, I would be one happy camper. <laughs> of course, probably not going to happen, at least not come fall. All right, a little bit of housekeeping. Are you aware of all the free resources that I have for you if you are seeking them in terms of a little extra support for creating this peaceful relationship of alcohol that you are looking for? First of all, you can always go to my website and pick up my free ebook. It's called Alcohol Truths, How Much is Safe? And it's always available. Go to www.mollywatts.com. Look for it either on the resources page or if it's your first time visiting, you'll get a nice pop-up that you can sign up for it. So Alcohol Truths, How Much is Safe? A great resource, especially for digging into a little bit of the science behind alcohol and understanding how that impacts us. Another free resource, and this one I'm super excited about, is my More Dry July Challenge that I am doing in partnership with Sunnyside. This is really cool. If you have not already been using Sunnyside, you can sign up today and get 60 days free with no credit card. That's right, 60 days, no credit card, through my challenge. You go to get.sunnyside.co slash molly. Again, that's get.sunnyside.co slash molly to sign up for the more dry July challenge. It doesn't matter if you want to do it like I'm doing it 
By the way, I think last week I said that I was doing 21 days. 21 days is a standard 31-day month for me this year because I'm doing 70% alcohol-free. In July, I'll actually be doing 25 days. So it's more dry July. And but it doesn't matter. You don't have to do it exactly like I'm doing it, but I really would love to have you do it with me and get this 60 days free from Sunnyside. I will link it in the show notes, but again, it is get.sunnyside.co slash Molly. So those are two free resources, some almost free resources, my ebook or my paperback. The ebook is inexpensive. The paper book's inexpensive. And within those books, there is actually a 30-day companion guide that helps you use if you implement, if you're a good self-starter, if you're a good self, you know, self-changer, then you would be well served by implementing things that you learn in the book with the 30-day companion guide. Another almost free, in my opinion, resource is my new (laughs) mini program called Just Start. You may have heard me talk about over the last few weeks, my seven-day quick start guide, or if you heard it uh, uh, ahead of the podcast. Anyway, I recently converted that to a 30-day mini program. I'll tell you why. I I got really great feedback actually on the quick start guide. People were loving it. They were loving it so much they were disappointed when it ended at seven days. And I think that I was inadvertently fueling this instant gratification kind of quick fix mentality that so many people have. And I don't want to do that. And so even though I mentioned throughout the marketing for it that it wasn't a silver bullet, it wasn't a quick fix, that it was just the beginning, it was a start, right? I decided to extend it into a 30-day support program, mini program. It's not one-on-one support, but there's a lot of tools in it. And Just Start includes the audio version of my book, which is the only place that you can get the audio version, by the way. You get 30 days of email support, lessons, worksheets, and you also get special video training on my 4S new belief system, which is new and not something you can find anywhere else. So it's now called Just Start, and that stands for Smart Thinking and Real Tools to Change Your Drinking Habits. Thank you to my Facebook group for helping me get a working program name and helping me with the logo. Everybody in the Facebook group was was voting and it was awesome. This is a fantastic value, 30 days of support for $36. It is an introductory price right now, but I highly encourage you to check it out. You can find it at mollywatt.com slash start. Lastly, and this isn't in the free or almost free category, but Making Peace with Alcohol, my new full-size program and community is launching this month. It's absolutely happening. And if you've been wanting to get involved in coaching with me, this is where you will have that opportunity. Only my members of Making Peace with Alcohol, which includes all my former Step 1 students, have access to my one-on-one coaching calendar and ongoing group coaching. There's more details coming, but I promise this will still be the very best value in coaching for changing your relationship with alcohol. Alrighty, on to this week's show. Did the title of this episode in your feed catch your attention? I've called it 
another hangover? Why can't I ever learn? Because I hear and read so many people's words surrounding their missteps with alcohol, and the overriding theme is something like this, why can't I ever learn? And Lord knows if you've ever had a really bad hangover or sworn you'll never drink again, only to end up over drinking again, you've likely had this thought or some variation of it, when will I ever learn my lesson? Last week, we talked about how important changing the conversation with ourselves around small steps, around tools like the doable drink plan is. We talked about how thoughts like it's not enough stop us right in our tracks when we're actually on the right path towards sustainable change. And just as important as changing that conversation is changing this conversation around our missteps and our mistakes. It's so important that in addition to the doable drink plan, I also teach in my community the off-plan plan. For me, this remains critically important because yes, even as the leader of the alcohol minimalists, I still have days where I drink more than I wanted to or drink when I wasn't going to. And as I say all the time, this work that I share applies to all areas of my life. So my mistakes and my missteps often show up and happen in other places too, like say my diet. <laughs> and this allows me, the off-plan plan allows me to practice the skills of compassion and curiosity and helps me reflect and reset. And yes, I definitely still practice. I keep practicing and I have to work hard on my thinking around my missteps, especially now, because as a coach, my brain wants to throw on an added layer of crappy thinking, making it seem like, you know, the best coaches don't make these kind of mistakes anymore. Like somehow if I admit that I'm not perfect all the time, then I'm not worthy of being a coach or a leader which of course is total and complete nonsense. It's not true, but my brain wants to throw that out sometimes. And just like all of you, I have to see those thoughts and challenge them. It's an opportunity to practice self-compassion, which still to this day is the hardest work I do. And I know I'm not alone there. Many of my coaching clients tell me the same thing. I was reminding my group coaching that the way we talk to ourselves mattered and asked how it felt when they made a mistake, when they didn't do what they believed they should do. And the response was, it feels terrible because I beat myself up over everything. I beat myself up with it. Interesting how that works, right? You feel terrible because of what you are making your mistakes mean, not the mistakes themselves. It's the words that you use. It's how you beat yourself up. It's the sentences in your brain, which are your thoughts that cause you to feel terrible. Instead, as you've undoubtedly heard me mention before, we want to be choosing compassion and curiosity. And I use those terms, compassion and curiosity, a lot. But what do I exactly mean by compassion? I want to talk about that a little bit. Here's a definition. Self-compassion involves treating ourselves with kindness, empathy, and understanding, 
especially when we face difficulties or setbacks. Instead of berating ourselves for our perceived shortcomings, self-compassion offers a gentle and supportive approach. By embracing self-compassion, we shift from self-criticism to self-care, creating an environment of acceptance and love within ourselves. All right. I liked that definition. And here's the rub. I think the reason that many of us struggle with this idea of self-compassion is because it feels like we're somehow allowing mistakes to keep happening. Like we are giving ourselves permission to screw up somehow. When I talk about the off-plan plan, I literally say it's because I know there will be missteps and mistakes and people don't like that. They don't like having to plan ahead for screwing up. And they do wonder if subconsciously it's then going to make it okay to make mistakes since we're going to be compassionate and curious, right? It's like implied consent. Now, I'll just ask you this, right? In all the times you've tried to change your drinking in the past, has beating yourself up ever worked? Has it ever kept you from over drinking again? Has the thought, why can't I ever learn my lesson? ever created anything except feelings of disappointment, self-loathing, and regret, which are feelings that many people want to numb away. And if you've built a habit around alcohol, it's a self-fulfilling cycle that just keeps going. You all know I'm a science girl, and that is why I am so proud of my partnership with Sunnyside. Sunnyside has great data based on their user experience, and they also have great science techniques behind what drives the program in the first place. Users of Sunnyside in their first 30 days experience on average a 29% reduction in drinks. They avoid 1,500 calories, and they've saved over $50 each month. This is because there is science behind the program. Sunnyside helps you reach your goals and stick with them long-term by focusing on three scientifically proven superpowers. One is pre-commitment. You intentionally make a plan ahead of time, and we talk about making a plan all the time here on the podcast. Number two is conscious interference, and you'll learn that the habit of tracking each drink helps you decide about it. Number three is positivity. We know this is not easy sometimes, right? And we all need a little boost. I try to be a boost and Sunnyside is a great boost via text message or email to keep you motivated. So if you haven't already checked it out, I invite you www.sunnyside.co slash molly to get started on a free 15-day trial today. Here's why self-compassion actually works. Here's why you want to choose it and why having the off-plan plan helps to build that practice. These are three things that self-compassion does. Number one, self-compassion reduces shame and resistance, and it allows us to experience these moments of disappointment without the extra judgment, without the drama. We acknowledge the experience without the shame that often leads to resistance and giving up. Number two, self-compassion teaches us to embrace imperfection. I need to work on that, right? Embracing imperfection. 
Sustainable change is filled with ups and downs, and that is the truth of it. Being able to recognize our humanity, accept those imperfections, and see our missteps as opportunities for growth is truly the gift of self-compassion. Number three, self-compassion actually nurtures. If you can understand this, this is what I love. It actually nurtures our intrinsic motivation. By talking to ourselves with supportive, compassionate inner dialogue, we actually increase our desire for positive change. And that desire comes from a place of self-care, not self-criticism. If we use the right sentences in our brain, it fuels a feeling of motivation. Thoughts lead to our feelings, which dictate our actions, which create the results that we have in our lives. It sounds good, right? Sounds like it shouldn't be all that hard. (laughs) So why do we struggle with it? Here are three reasons that I believe happen. So first of all, society. There's cultural and societal conditioning that happens from an early age. We are exposed to these messages that emphasize achievement, perfectionism, and self-criticism. Honestly, right? It's kind of in vogue to be critical of yourself. These external influences often instill in us the belief that self-compassion is self-indulgent, that it's a sign of weakness, and the pressure to meet unrealistic standards and the fear of being judged by others can really put up walls around us for ourselves to practice self-compassion. Number two reason why it's hard for us, uh, we, we have a fear of vulnerability, right? Practicing self-compassion requires vulnerability, and it's a willingness to acknowledge and embrace our own flaws and our imperfections and our own pain. And for many people, this vulnerability is extremely uncomfortable, and it can evoke feelings of inadequacy and like you're not measuring up, right? Comparison is the thief of joy, so don't do it, but feeling inadequate and feeling vulnerable is one of the reasons that people are reluctant to be compassionate towards themselves. Number three, and this is probably really important for my fellow adult children of alcoholics, you've had a lack of role models or guidance in this area, right? Growing up, we may not have witnessed or received a real role model in terms of how to cultivate self-compassion. I know I didn't. (laughs) And if we haven't had a positive role model or mentors who showed us how to be self-compassionate, it can be challenging to know where to begin to build this very critical skill. That is why learning what I've learned with the behavior map result cycle has been so powerful for me and why ongoing coaching has been really important for me to help me continue to build the skill of self-compassion. And helping people develop this skill of self-compassion is something that I work on all the time within my own coaching programs and within the Alcohol Minimalist private Facebook group. And yes, if you haven't already joined, I highly encourage you because as I mentioned last week, it's more than just a gathering spot of people who are sharing their experiences. While that is absolutely true and people could jump in and support each other, I actually spend time coaching in there as well. And here's three things that uh, I think that are basic when it comes to 
developing a practice of self-compassion. And I think, I guess I'm big on number three this week, right? I've said three, three, <laughs> I've got lots of threes going on. First, number one, we just have to become aware of our patterns of self-criticism. As one of the coaches I listen to all the time says, you got to stop talking to yourself like an ass. I got to now make this a, not a safe podcast or whatever it is. I can't remember the terminology. Anyways, don't talk to yourself like an ass. Okay. And I mentioned my 4S new belief system. So evidently it's not just a three week, it's a four week too. But regardless, it's part of just start. And it's where I teach you some tactics of this awareness and including the first S, which is C. Get it? C S E E. We have to see our thinking. And this is why I talk about our beautiful, brilliant human brains, because we are capable of seeing our own thoughts. It's a uniquely human trait called metacognition. And metacognition is a part of the prefrontal cortex. It's a part of the higher order of cognitive processes that we have that allow us to think about our own thinking. And it allows us to step back and observe our thoughts. It allows us to look at it with a perspective of a scientific observer with curiosity and becoming aware of our thinking, our patterns, our biases, our motivations. We can gain insight into our own behavior and we can change it, right? So the first S is C and that's a part of my 4S new belief system. Number two, back to the three things that are the basics of self-compassion. Number two is practicing self-kindness. You need to, I, I have a, a sweatshirt that I got recently and I love it. The main message at the top says humankind and underneath it, it says be both. Humankind, be both. We need to treat ourselves with the same kindness and understanding that we would extend to a friend. We need to engage in soothing activities we need to practice positive self-talk and it doesn't have to be, you know, all sorts of positive affirmations. And some of those things never, I don't like a lot of, uh, you know, lollipops and unicorn talking for myself. But what I do like is to remind myself not to be negative and to actually look for something positive in what I'm doing. And even if it's the smallest thing, and we also just have to prioritize self-care. That means, and I know that's a, you know, again, kind of cliched these days, but it's important in the realm of not of changing your relationship with alcohol, especially because if we're not able to find other ways to self-soothe ourselves, because there's going to be times when doing thought work is just beyond you. You're just, you know, too overwhelmed. You're going to have to just meet your immediate needs and, and things like taking a bath, taking a walk, using, reading a book, watching a movie. These are things that we can do to help our brains kind of chill out for a little bit, right? And there, there are healthier ways of self-care, yoga, meditation, lots of different tools. Number three of the three, so there's still three, remember, <laughs> there's three basics of self-compassion. And the last one is seek support. Surround yourself with a supportive community or seek guidance from a coach or even a therapist, if that, if that is what you're in need of, who can provide tools and insights to help cultivate self-compassion. 
I think that helping people break free from the habit of negative self-talk and beating themselves up is probably one of the best things I get to do as a coach. I was talking to one of my longest ongoing coaching clients last week, and let me just say that she's gone through a lot this year. And through it all, we keep working on choosing thoughts that serve her, recognizing the old self-limiting beliefs and how those thoughts create different feelings. And even though she knows the tools intellectually, sometimes we just need someone on the outside. We need a boost who can remind us of other perspectives and of other possibilities. And P.S., that doesn't have to be a paid coaching program. It can be, or it could be just joining a community like my private Facebook group. Again, this isn't a plug for, for my coaching. It's just a plug for getting support and getting some coaching, whether that is through a therapist or through a group. All right, my friends, what are you going to take away from this week's episode? Can you commit to seeing your thoughts, especially the negative self-critical ones? Can you notice when you think those thoughts like, why can't I ever learn my lesson? Can you notice them and ask yourself, how does that make you feel? Can you ask yourself, what could I think instead if I wanted to practice some self-compassion? How would the version of me who doesn't want to keep showing up the same way I always have talk to myself right now? No more talking to myself like an ASS. <laughs> Let's do that, shall we? Until next time, my friends, choose peace. Thank you for listening to the Alcohol Minimalist Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you change your drinking habits and to create a peaceful relationship with alcohol. Use something you learned in today's episode and apply it to your life this week. Transformation is possible. You have the power to change your relationship with alcohol now. For more information, please visit me at www.mollywatts.com.